0: Christopher Gavigan joined forces with Jessica Alba to start The Honest Company, which provides effective, safe, eco-friendly, and affordable household products. Before founding The Honest Company, Christopher spent decades working to improve the health of children around the world as the CEO of Healthy Child, Healthy World, a nonprofit dedicated to empowering parents and protecting children from toxic risks. Christopher is also the author of the best-selling book, Healthy Child, Healthy World, Creating a Cleaner, Greener, Safer Home, and is a contributing blogger for the Huffington Post.
1: The the average baby today is born pre-polluted, so synthetic industrialized chemicals coursing through their veins at the time of birth. A shocking, horrifying statistic. And not just like five of them, 287
0: synthetic chemicals.
1: So we have a challenge. Have a challenge that's happening to our body.
0: During an exciting discussion in LA, Christopher shared his story and his insights on how to build a powerhouse brand with a meaningful mission. Please enjoy our conversation with Christopher Gavigan. You're listening to the Ivy Podcast by Ivy the Social University. We are the Grad School for Life, and our mission is to spark world-changing collaborations by introducing you to the most inspiring people, ideas, and experiences in the world. For more information about the Ivy community, and to find out about events happening near you, visit ivy.com and email us at membership at ivy.com.
1: happy to be here. It's
2: so so great to have you. So people may not quite understand the awesomeness that you come with. So why don't we start a little bit with, um, you know, let's start at the very beginning with you. Give us a little bit of background on you. Let's start day by day, <laughs> minute by minute, but no, more so really, you know... Um, Growing up, you were, you were a teacher. You did so much um, healthy child, healthy world. Uh, you've done so much. But let's talk a little bit about what, in some of your background, you think really started to form um, who you are.
1: Gosh, uh, that's a big question. I feel like I'm in the confessional or, or
2: something. Speak loudly into the mic. <laughs> exactly. That's right.
1: No, um, look, I... I in the line of confessionals. I am uh, a born and bred Irish Catholic, East Coast, New York and Connecticut. Yeah.
2: Oh, got a lot of love for that out there. That's nice. Love
1: that. I have yours. And, um, but my, I, I come from a big family. And early on, I can't, I, I don't know, there wasn't a catalyzing moment as much as I knew I had a gift and a desire to help children and families. I, I always, I I was, Anything I could do would be in that dynamic and in that population. Um, and that was in high school. I would volunteer my time um, to serving those specific uh, clients and populations. I, I really just wanted to do something for children. And then the world of the West Coast and the environment. And I came to Santa Barbara, out to Santa Barbara. And they have the, first, the nation's first environmental sciences program. And I was really specifically interested in their environmental health program that really discusses and really pulls apart this idea that the environment is not out there. It's actually in, on, and around us. So it's what you put on your skin. It's what you're putting in your mouth. It's what, you, what you're sleeping on. That is your environment. And how that specifically impacts your health. And uh, I worked with this one family in my collegiate career, And I was fascinated by this mom's obsession with vanilla. You walked into her home, and the entire home was ensconced in the scent of vanilla. And this boy, six-year-old boy, horrible ADD, horrible attention challenges, hyperactive, behavioral delays. He was seven. And doctors, teachers, everyone was super concerned. And I said, do one thing for me. I'm going to go through every drawer of your home, every cupboard, every, everything in your home, and I'm going to rid your, your home of the scent of vanilla, but I'm also going to really just clean the entire um, space when it comes to the things you're bringing into your home. So what, what are you putting on your son's skin? What are you cleaning their hair with? What, are they, what kind of milk are they drinking? And within four weeks, I think it was about four weeks, I had the pediatrician, And the school um, teacher and the school uh, principal calling that mom and saying, oh, my goodness, Jack, Jack, let's call him Jack. Jack must be on new meds. Uh. And I was like, that is a success. Because there was this idea that I I really was pulling apart because at the work in Santa Barbara was, there's all this rich data in academia and science that is being done on, What are the environmental triggers that impact you? Could you be precautionary and could you be thoughtful in how do you reduce the specific levels of certain toxicants and certain chemicals that could cause harm, those of concern? And if you are doing that, can you really help the most vulnerable populations, children, pregnant women, families? And if you could do that, oh my God, you're preventing disease, you're healing disease. And... If you can do that, then you are richly, richly impacting society and humanity. And that just got me fascinated and incredibly enthralled. And um, everything from those early moments in uh, my collegiate space was all about how do I heal and keep people healthy?
2: So obviously, you're very passionate about this. You've written a great selling book about this. You are heading up a a nonprofit in this world. I want to know how that first conversation went with your co-founder, Jessica Alba, where you're like, this is a winner. We got a great idea. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I wrote a book called Healthy Child, Healthy World, Creating a Cleaner, Greener, Safer Home. And I was the executive director of a nonprofit at the time. So I have Meryl Streep running my book forward. I have Tom Hanks. I've got amazing esteemed doctors and acclaimed doctors really talking about prevention, talking about things in your environment that you can create, that you actively can do from a solutions perspective. How do you clean up your world? And obviously, it leans towards the more natural, the more plant-based, the more um, conscious ingredients type stories. And Jessica walks into this party that People Magazine was throwing me over at Luke uh, Restaurant um, in Midtown. And literally, she walks in about nine months pregnant. And she looks at me and she says, I'd never met her. She said, I had a horrible allergic reaction to a laundry detergent. I broke out. I was a kid that had specific challenges growing up. But I was a child that, of course, I'm going to listen to my mom. And as a child, I always had asthma and, and Physical challenges. She had some intestinal stuff. And she said, In this instance, when I'm bringing my new baby into the world, mom recommends something. I'm going to listen to her. I'm going to lean in. And this number one selling laundry detergent for babies and families really caused her to break out. And she looked at me. And the one consumer insight the entire company is built on that I heard thousands of times at this nonprofit was tell me what to buy, please. Do the work. Be my advocate. You're, I, I'm not a weekend toxicologist. Do the work for me. And that really, that mean, I mean, I heard it from her. I heard it from thousands of, of moms. But the one thing about Jessica, she's got, obviously, she's a s- stunning human being, but she's got this X factor. And it's, it's this X factor of, of passion and clear intent. And the clear intent was, I know I'm doing this thing of acting and modeling and all this other extracurricular activities, but I really want to do this. And she really wanted to impact the the family space. And she said, "I have an organic clothing line." I was like, "Oh my God, organic clothing, so sweet!" (laughs) I was like, "It's not about organic clothing. It's really not." Do you know what's the ingredients in that laundry detergent that you just used? And she's like, "I have no idea." I was like, "Because they're not on label. They're not mandated." There is, we do, the leadership position in Washington does a horrible job at really assessing for human health. So it's, there's no border patrol. There's no guardian at the, at the gate of who is keeping you safe, FDA, FDC, EPA. There's no specific agency. So it's a free market when it comes to ingredients, new products, innovations. And so you and I, our children, are the guinea pigs. And that's horrible.
2: And so how did you start building that? Obviously, you connected on this similar passion, yeah. but to to go from a book signing to over a billion dollar business, it's amazing. A lot of luck. A lot of luck? <laughs>
1: it is, it is, it's humbly really, it's been a stunning journey because you I think I never fully could embrace or really understand the consumer need. And the family need and the emotional need for one brand that had a trusted set of standards and rigor and uncompromising belief that we can we should build better. If it's, it's it's truly a design challenge, it's an innovation challenge. Why isn't this being discussed? And you don't get traditional incumbents pushing the bounds of innovation when it comes to consumables. You just don't. So. Why aren't we, why are we prioritizing the bottom line? Let's prioritize the human, the baby, the mom, the child, and really bring emotion to that story. And it will be a massively interesting journey. And I think, so over that time, we really built out, it was a nights and weekends project, truly. And it, we, we were focusing, we were focusing on the product and I knew I could build the product because I had all these relationships on the manufacturing side, on the formulation science side. Um, because I was doing work with other consumer products companies and doing investigatory and due diligence work on them, but I, I also knew that brand matters most, mm-hmm. and so really driving this, this the essence and the emotion and the integrity around um, what do you what are your principles what are your values what do you stand for how do you how do you articulate those clearly and how do you approach this new. Digital native consumer that is online and omni-channel and and really doing the research. I mean, there's a there's a consumer imperative for transparency. And if they're demanding it, then you better be able to show a supply chain that's open, an ingredient list on every single product, a a clear core purpose around what you stand for and and have it be connected, because I think. Um,
2: so you really had those kinds of conversations. I almost envision you, you two whiteboarding. It was. Being like, it was this, all, is, this all, is what we're, we're going to stand it for. It was all
1: whiteboard sessions, and it was, it was really, it was fun. But at the end of the day, I mean, you, you take, I mean, we're both this, these dreamer mentalities. At the end of the day, you've got the blocking and tackling of a core business that needs to be done. And we took it so far, and we knew we had this phenomenal concept that we were just churning at. And we took it to quite a few investors, and they kept coming back to, what's your one product? I was like, it's not about one product. This is an iconic global consumer lifestyles company that is not only in one category, but transcends categories. So we're a trust portfolio. So I'll make diapers. We'll make cleaning products. We'll make vitamins. We'll make femme care. We'll make beauty and color and skin and hair. We'll do all of this stuff under one brand because that is at the end of the day, the affinity and loyalty the consumer has is so small that they just they want to look to one person, one group, one source. And um, we knew we could take it so far. And then we hooked up with Brian Lee and Sean Kane to really take the business from outside of a, a phenomenal idea with a great supply chain to what is the core business that's going to be expressed online. So Honest.com was the initial platform that we connected to consumers with and then building teams and, and really dynamically um, building out both the fulfillment side, the customer service side, and then the the marketing and brand teams.
2: You've never founded a company before. I founded did you, did... one
1: company previous to that, but that How was- How big was that? That was a small team, it was called Pinnacle Expeditions and we were taking teenagers in the wilderness of- The
2: California. leadership program, yeah, yeah absolutely. So, so for you now as Chief Purpose Officer, and co-founder of this company, and this being, <laughs> and, 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 and people use, the, uh, use this company as, as, as the example. We are all want to achieve that unicorn status. How do you deal with challenges when you are building a company that's gotten this, this big? As, as, as a leader, as a visionary, how do you deal with challenges that come across your, your plate where you're like, ooh, didn't see that coming?
1: Yeah, it's, I, would, I would say you, you have to... Keep, I, I use that word purpose. I obviously built it into my title. I was the chief products officer. I like the CPO acronym, apparently. It's nice. And um, for us, the product around the, the quality, integrity product, you could build... I mean, you can get someone to buy something. Can you get them to buy it one, uh, twice? Can you get the repeat? And in CPG, that is the golden ticket, repeat. Can you build delight and experience and efficacy and results into your product? And, and I think the challenge that you face within building a team or building a dynamic set of products always goes back to compromise. You can compromise in integrity. You can compromise a- across your supply chain. You, you're constantly tuning it. But to our core investors, to your core team, you've got to really re- remain laser focused on that mission. And in our mission statement, we chose, and I think, you know, chose wisely. We borrowed the page out of Patagonia's book where they don't name product in their core mission. Because you better stand, in my belief, you better stand for something higher than your product. And what are you trying to solve? And what do you, What is? What is? what is your purpose in the world? And For us, it's really a big, larger social impact and an education element that really drives us every single day. So it strips the product away and makes decision making easier. And I think the greatest challenges that we have faced have been around our people, is really engaging and and finding the talent because talent is such a, I mean, talent and trust are your biggest commodities and bringing those to your bottom line makes it priceless.
2: So along those lines, what do you look for? that you don't compromise on when it comes to your employees and when it comes to building that team?
1: I mean, I personally, I look for people that outside of the, the classic, I'm a good communicator. <laughs> you've the, the person that really has a robust set of soft skills, like everyone's technically driven and you've got a set of technical assets in your arsenal as an employee, but are you capable at, managing the relationship, showing up on time, driving energy, being someone that people really want to work with. Because at the end of the day, business is just about relationship. I'm like, oh, I like that person, and I believe in that person, and I trust that person. So these, again, softer skills, I'm continually looking for. And then I I, I look for people that that can keep up, because our team is, and we've got some folks here, it's ridiculously high-paced, and we... Don't apologize for that. And I think the pace of the pack is really determined by the pace of the leader. And we are, because I've, I feel an anxiety every single day that outside of, I, I could care less about competition. I just, I, I really see the marketplace as being incredibly dirty and people are suffering. And I, I get back to, we have to clean it up. We have to get our products. And make the impact and get these products in every single person's hands because that is that equals success for us.
2: So, along those lines, how do you really see the industry changing since the time that you you know first launched Honest and and, and the the direction that the industry going?
1: It's a good question. I, I I look back at the raw ingredients. I mean, we're really a raw ingredients company. you, you look at our products and you look at your core product and what do you choosing to put in and what are you being very choiceful to leave out and what are some of these questionable chemicals that other brands are using that you would never, again if if anything has any possible link to a human health um, impact, we choicefully leave it out and so we have this honestly free guarantee and it's made without these things because if you look at the industry, since 1938 there hasn't been one comprehensive law that's been made on the cosmetics industry since 1938. And if you look at across the pond in, in uh, Europe, Europe has this great piece of legislation called REACH. And it's nice. It's strong enough. But they essentially, it's a, pro- a, a guilty until proven innocent model. So you have to prove that it's not going to impact health. And then you're allowed to use it. Whereas everything here is innocent until proven guilty. And so we, we really have no true regulatory framework here in the country. Although last year, after 40 years, someone, the Congress barely passed a decent bill. But asbestos in this country, asbestos, known carcinogen, for the last 35 years is still de- being debated as should we actually tr- do the work in order to regulate that? They're ripping it out of schools or ripping it out of facilities, but they're debating whether it should be in some of these um, in mattresses and, and, and adhesives and car brake pads. It's, it's still a debate. So it's a true challenge. So here's a data point, which is fascinating. So the, uh, the average baby that's being born, any baby born, I, I have four children. My most recent was born um, seven months ago. And that For child, the
2: record, these are the most beautiful children. They are so, so
1: gorgeous. Uh, my wife, uh, I'm going to uh, attribute
2: that to your wife, who's also cold. named Jessica, by the way. Don't you love that irony? I,
1: I like Jessica's. Um,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but the, the average baby today is born pre-polluted, so synthetic industrialized chemicals coursing through their veins at the time of birth. A shocking, horrifying statistic, and not just like five of them, 287 synthetic chemicals. So we have a challenge. We have a challenge that's happening to our bodies. And everyone has a cup of vulnerability. Some people have big cups of vulnerability and some people have small cups. And that vulnerability is is only triggered by what happens in your environment. The American Cancer Society says that 92% of all cancer is environmentally triggered. So that's 8% on genetics, 92 of what happens to you what you're doing to your own body. So lifestyle, lifestyle behaviors, lifestyle solutions really pay a part.
2: So, you know, we talked a little bit, you mentioned about, about your family. That's obviously extremely important to you. I mean, you built a, a business around that concept. I've, I've seen you, you know, personally in that capacity. How do you really balance that out of living a happy and fulfilled life? You're building a company, You're you're the head of a beautiful family how do you strike that is there a balance is there no,
1: absolutely no I I, I I the word balance is unbalanced it's it's it's, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's there's a it's a compromise you 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 are choosing and you are sacrificing in certain areas and so when i choose to go to work i choose to leave my children and family behind and and but i know that from a legacy perspective that i'm doing the right thing um, but I, I, what I don't, what I'm trying to be more intentional about and, and thoughtful about is, is, is filling myself up. Like, what am I reading? Am I working out enough? Like, am, am I doing my own introspective thought and just taking time to like, take a deep breath? I, I don't do that enough. And I, I do believe that holistic part of you needs to be needs to be thought about more. And especially in the entrepreneur space where you're you're grinding, you're going, you, and you, you you can't shut your brain off. I, I literally, I cannot, because I'm so excited. But you you almost have to force yourself to slow down. Um, people tell me there are great meditation apps. So I've yet to download them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of great options. You know, it's interesting. The, the first time I met you was at Honest. And what really struck me about you is you were genuinely... Curious about me? What do you do? What is this thing? How does that work? You know, asking about you know Ivy and what I do. How has curiosity served you in your life? That's a
1: good question. Um, I've got this this belief that once you know something, you can't unknow it, and and that really comes for me on the technical and and evidence based um, science side. I really have a hard time seeing the data and statistics around around these health uh, issues that we're really focused on today, environment, larger environmental issues and, and societal issues. And I believe it's a, it's a social justice problem, and I, and I have a hard time not knowing that. And I, so I, I, But I, I do have a endless curiosity in other areas that you almost have to, like again, you have to turn them off because I do believe curiosity for other people, for other people that are, are leaders in their space. You know, I was watching... Um, a thing on a Charles Schultz the other day, or excuse me, Howard Schultz from Starbucks, and he's actually leaving um, in April. Fascinating leader, incredible human being, polarizing in many aspects. But he said something really, really impactful to me, and he said every, every entrepreneur and every business leader needs to find that delicate balance and that friction point between profit and impact. And, I, and I, that really struck me. And I, I do believe that everyone you have these mentors and you have these people and you have these leaders in your space that you get you excited. And I do believe that you should seek them out and really find what are they writing? What are they, what are they reading? Who are they excited about? Because I'm a, I'm a huge, I'm a Seth Godin fan. I I mean, a lot of Seth Godin fans in here, I'm sure. Although I just email or, um, reach out to Seth today. He has a brand new book out. And he sent me the book. And he's all about creating remarkable experiences. And Seth sent me his book, but he sent it in a box that was poorly packaged. (laughs) (laughs) The packing tape was so cheap. It was all damaged inside. There was no void fill. And I I don't like void fill, but I want enough of it to protect the product. (laughs) And I reached out to him. I was like, Seth, you're, you're the guy who talks about remarkable experience. And I, I haven't even cracked the book open and I'm already starting on, on, on my heels right now. And so it, g- going back to the people that you love, I, I think curiosity for the people you love, but the pe- people they love is, a, is that next step that gets me excited.
2: It's interesting that you, you give that example because I think your attention to detail is a really interesting thing about you. I mean, even when we were coming up here, was checking the sign. He's like, is that, is that right? It's amazing. And we had this conversation about the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. How has that served you, your, your attention to detail?
1: I'm uh, a control enthusiast for sure.
2: <laughs> That's great. Self-awareness.
1: <laughs> <laughs> My team can attest to that. Um, but I, I, I think I, am a details guy, The details matter. The smallest thing matters. I mean, early on in the in the company's history, I used to write notes on the top of boxes, and how that served us was so tremendous. Like it was great to see someone like take a pic and put it online, social great. But I had also had amazing people reach out to me and say like, "Thank, thank you so much for doing that and calling in." And I um, so our, our we're really proud of the accountability that we have in our customer service team, and this client service team is is a a large group of folks in our headquarters that is rolling anywhere between five to 8,000 touch points a day. And they're continually, a live chat, email, just they're there to be transactional, but they're there also to educate, to listen, to be like a a consumer insights group. And I'll get on the phones. I I, I try to roll anywhere between 10 to 15 calls a week. And calling moms and calling parents and calling people and really talking about what they're challenged with, but also just gaining insights on product and pipeline and just our business and where have we failed and where have we succeeded. And I, it's funny because I had recently, um, last week I had a mom, she wasn't, she wasn't there, but I left a message and she called into our customer service group and said, you know, you've got some guy out there impersonating Christopher <laughs> just to let you know that he's, he's someone, some guy called me and he said he was Christopher. And I called her back and I said, you know, I, I just want to take some time with you. And I spent 45 minutes on the phone with her. Wow. And those 45 minutes for, for me that day were the best 45 minutes of the day. Be- outside of the work I do in the team, I the, the getting in tune with my customer and our customer and the customer is is the detail that I think um, sets me on fire.
2: I love that. We're going to open it up here in a little bit to, to questions. Um but i want to ask you, let's look forward. talk to me about where this where this vision goes where where honest continues to go in the future
1: <sighs> global domination
2: <laughs> 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 I see I, you're aiming really low yeah, here yeah, yeah, nice
1: <laughs> um well we're we have we're in six specific categories right now. We have well over two hundred products in those categories um, i i I believe that there is A wealth of opportunity across the marketplace. I mean, we're not in food yet. We're not in pet yet. We're not in, in some of these, the built environment yet in home. Um, But I, I believe that it's, it's not really about the product. It's really about the lifestyle choices that people are making. And are you living an honest life? And are you, are you making some of these more thoughtful and, and are you, are you thinking about what you're bringing into your home? You're, every time you spend a dollar, you're making a choice that is signaling to that company or, or the marketplace. And I I really encourage people to just being label readers, look at what you're bringing into your home. Um, Because I, I I do believe that it it is our job. I, I, it is our job to really be that source of education and that source of passion. And, and, and if, if it happens to be in product, fantastic. If in- incumbents and people copy us, that's a huge win. We are winning in the marketplace and it's, it's happening. First, they're ignoring you, then they'll challenge you and you, you've seen lawsuits trying to challenge on us and we are fighting so strongly now and, and, and really winning. We just won that frivolous one on our infant formula which was obnoxious and, we, and, and then they will copy you. And copying is okay in our world, that's okay.
0: The
2: highest yeah. form of flattery, huh? Yeah, totally. Guys, we've got a microphone right up here. So if you've got any questions, we're going to have you guys line up right there at this microphone while I'm asking this last question. So just go ahead and form a, a line right there. Oh, we've got it on both sides. Look at that. Thank you, Thank you Lindsay. Full service. Very nice. Um, so I, as people are lining up, well... We got them coming. They're either that or they're going to the can, bar. I'm not, not quite sure. <laughs> so uh, leave, leave us right now as people are coming up with one solid piece of advice. I really like that mentality of yours of, of read labels and be your best advocate. Yeah. But we've got so many great entrepreneurs out here and we've got great innovators and we've got people who are working so hard for their for their own dreams. What piece of advice would you give them? Uh,
1: I mean, I I think that everyone has to have a... a a, a pretty clear vision of what you want to accomplish and, and keep it as simple as possible, right? What's the simple core purpose? And, and create that bonfire. And I think every great idea is a bonfire. And if you, can attr- if you have enough excitement and enough interesting things that surround and are, are dynamic enough about that idea or that concept or that product or that service, and you focus on the people that first come, and then that next layer, you, you, the bonfire starts off slowly. And I, I think it's just a, such a great analogy because I, I truly believe Honest is a bonfire brand in the sense that people will continually come. And once they're entranced, like fire is the most, one of the most basic elements you get entranced with. with go camping and like just stare at fires. <laughs> because, and I think that that is what business is. If once you are invested and once you feel a level of deep trust and belief in that core vision then you'll stay, and, and that's why Honest can make everything from an infant formula to a toilet cleaner and still have permission to, to do that, because that's a very broad set of permissions that you have, but again, they are. it's not about the product, it's about the belief in the larger purpose and mission of the company, and I think that's, um, that's really what every great entrepreneur can define. Um, and, and really established. I mean, look at Starbucks. Starbucks, I, I keep bringing up Howard, but Starbucks, he did a great job. He said, I want to be the third place. Home, work, Starbucks. And it wasn't about the product. It was about the place and the experience and the consistency of that space. And I think that is um, a really interesting point.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to the Ivy Podcast by Ivy, The Social University. We are the grad school for life.